Hello everyone, I'm Jerry Savelle. I have a special message for you today and I want to encourage you to give me your undivided attention. Once again, I believe what you're about to hear is a life-changing message. Not just because I'm preaching it, but because it's from the Word of God. You know, we're living in some strange times, some very unusual times. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are suffering. A lot of people uh, actually don't know where to turn. But we know where to turn. If you're a believer, we know where to turn. It's to God and to His Word. Recently, as I mentioned on last week's broadcast, the Lord gave me a very powerful message, and I believe it was not only for the group of people that I preached it to at the moment, but I believe it's for every member of the body of Christ. The title is, This Is Your Defining Moment. I want to encourage you to watch as I take you into a meeting where I was preaching with Kenneth Copeland out at Eagle Mountain uh, Church here in Fort Worth, Texas, part of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And I was teaching on this subject, This Is Your Defining Moment. And I believe it's going to cause you to awake and cause you to come alive again spiritually if you've had any uh, problems with staying strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, this message is going to awaken your spirit and cause you to get back on top. It's going to inspire your faith. So watch right now as I take you into this message and pay very close attention. Jot down the scripture references if at all possible. And then at the close, I have some exciting messages or information I want to share with you. Watch now, and I'll be right back. There's so many, so many defining moments. Uh, I, I, I don't want to get into a lot of them, but trust me, and I know you've had defining moments as well, where something happened and it changed the direction of your life. Amen? I believe you had a defining moment when you hooked up with me at Overcoming Faith Center back there years ago. Remember those days? I remember when you first came, praise God. Amen. And uh, this today, what we're going through right now, what the world's going through, I heard the Lord say, this is another defining moment. How you act and how you talk from this moment forward is going to determine your future and your destiny. This is not the time to back off from the word of faith. Amen. Let me see if I get a little better response Amen. on this side of the auditorium. This is not the time to back off from the word of faith. <clears throat> Amen. You know, this is all I know. This is all I know. I've, I've never been religious. I've never been to the seminary. I, I don't know any other denominational creeds and doctrines. This is all I know. Word of faith. He started it in me. And for 51 years, I've been living it. And it's still working. And my mama didn't raise no fool. I'm not going to change now when I found something that has worked for 51 years and it will continue to work and it's working right now, right in the middle of all the turmoil that is going on in our world today. Come on, somebody give the Lord a good shout of praise. Now, 
I want you to listen to this. Go with me to the book of Luke for a moment. And, and as you're turning there, let me give you one more definition of a defining moment. And this one, I believe, is the most appropriate for where we are right now. It's a point at which the character of a person is truly revealed or identified. It's a point in which the character of a person is truly revealed and identified. In other words, it's like the old saying, what we're going through right now is separating the men from the boys. How many of you know that phrase? Amen. You either believe it or you don't. <laughs> You're either going to stick with it or you won't. Coronavirus doesn't change a thing. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Somebody give the Lord a good shout for that. Amen. The word of our God shall stand forever. <clears throat> Last time I checked in Philippians chapter four, verse 19 still said the same thing. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you won't find at the end of that unless you're going through coronavirus. Now this is where you find out what you're made of. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now let's go to the book of Luke for a moment. <clears throat> Luke chapter 22. And I want you to see a defining moment in Peter's life. Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> Verse 31. And the Lord said... Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that thy faith fail not. Now, the first time I read that way back there, I still live in Shreveport, first time I read that, I thought it was a misprint in my Bible because Kenneth Copeland told me that faith didn't fail. Faith worked. <laughs> And there I just read, Jesus said, I'm praying that your faith fail not. I was shocked. It, it really shook me up that day when I read that. I thought, is Jesus actually saying that faith can fail? The Bible says in 1 John 5, which became my, my ministry theme scripture, Verse four, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And now Jesus saying, I'm praying that your faith fail not. And I, I, I kept praying about that. And finally, I, I was able to get some other translations. And boy, this one translation I found straightened it all out for me. What the literal Greek implies is not that faith will fail. He's saying I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. 
That's a difference. Amen. I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Amen. And notice, if you keep reading the story, I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Verse 33, and, the, and he said unto him, Lord, it's Peter talking, I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. Now, I'm sure that impressed the other disciples. Don't you know James and John, the sons of thunder, said, wow, Woo, if I could ever get like Peter. He's willing to die with him. He's willing to go to prison with him. Oh man, I would like to be like Peter. That sounded good. A lot of people talk a good talk. <laughs> I'm ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And don't you know that was a shock to everybody? Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And he said in verse 35, when I sent you without purse and script and so forth, and he's, he's talking about how he took care of them. But notice this is a defining moment in Peter's life. How he reacts, how he responds affects his destiny. Now, you know what happened if you keep reading the book of Luke. If you go over to uh, chapter 31, I'm sorry, chapter 24. Now, Peter denied him. You remember the little maiden that came up there and said, don't you know him? Aren't you one of his disciples? And he denied him three times and so forth. It came to pass what Jesus said. And the Bible says that immediately in verse 62 of chapter 22, and Peter went out and wept bitterly because he had denied Christ. But then after Jesus is risen from the dead in chapter 24, and verse 12, it says, then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher. He got his act together. I heard Richard Roberts preach a sermon one time and he called it, God is the God of a second chance. Amen. He's the God of a second chance. Amen. And so Peter's having a second chance here. And then of course, you know what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. Who was the one who stood up boldly and preached and won 3,000 people to Christ on one sermon? Hallelujah. Peter. Amen. The day of Pentecost, actually, when he ran to that sepulcher to see that Jesus had been raised from the dead, that was a defining moment in Peter's life. Changed his whole life. The apostle Paul had a defining moment on the road to Damascus. You remember the story on the road to Damascus, a defining moment where Jesus appeared to him and it changed his life. 
He had another defining moment. He had many, just like all of us have. But another one that is certainly recorded in the Bible is in the book of, in his letter to the Corinthian church. And he said, um, the messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, sent to buffet me. He said, I asked the Lord thrice to get it off of me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, I've given you the authority. You get it off. You take care of this. And then Paul made this statement, a defining moment. I will rather glory in tribulation. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Hallelujah. And then later he, write, he, he says this, and it's recorded in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And I've, I, I learned it way back there and I, and I made it my personal confession. I say it all the time. Paul said, in the midst of all kinds of adversity, trials and hardships and, and beatings and stonings and everything else, he makes this statement but none of these things move me. That was a defining moment. I'll never forget listening to Brother Copeland there at Life Tabernacle. And one night he said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe the word of God. I leaned over to Carolyn and said, boy, I'm moved by all of those things. He just said he wasn't moved by it. I was moved by what I saw. I was moved by what I felt. But I said to her, one day, I'm going to be like that. Amen. Where nothing moves me but the Word of God. I have arrived. Hallelujah. And I've been that way for a long time. I'm not moved. None of these things move me. Hallelujah. And boy, I've been through some battles. I've been through some challenges, just like we all have. But praise God. God has always sustained me. God has always met me on the other side of every trial and, and gave me great victories, praise God. Amen. You'll never hear what I'm going through. You'll only hear me talk about it after I've overcome. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I don't talk about what I'm going through. I talk about the victory when it's all over with, praise God. Amen. So notice these are defining moments. Now, the Apostle Paul made this statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, writing to the believers there. He said, you are written epistles known and read of all men. You and I are written epistles known and read by all men. Somebody's watching you right now. Yes. Watching what you say and what and how you act. Yes. But they're more interested in how you respond and how you act than even in what you say. Because yes. you can say one thing and respond a different way. But people are watching you. I remember uh, shortly after I came to the Lord, I was still in the National Guard. I, I wanted to serve my country, but my, uh, Carolyn was pregnant with our first child. Uh, I, I knew I couldn't go off to Vietnam, the Vietnam War is going on back then. And uh, I joined the National Guard and uh, we got called up for active duty. And after I'd gone through basic AIT, we were told we're going to Nam. I'm sitting 
I'm sitting in the barracks in Fort Dix, New Jersey, and our company commander said, uh, you're going to Nam. And uh, just like a lot of the National Guard units have gone to Afghanistan, you know, in our day. We're sitting in the barracks waiting to go to McGuire Air Force Base and fly to Vietnam. And Carolyn has just had our first child. Uh, I hadn't even seen my first child yet. And now they're getting ready to send us to Vietnam. So we're sitting there and Carolyn's back home praying. And we sat there all day. You know, in the army, it's hurry up and wait. And uh, so we're sitting there in the barracks all day, told us not to leave the barracks. <clears throat> and finally, our company commander came in and, and there was units from all over Louisiana and there were some units from Arkansas and from Mississippi. We're all there together. We're all going to be shipped out to Vietnam. The company commander came in and said, this unit, all, all of you guys are going to Nam, but this one unit is going to stay back home stateside because the civil rights movement was going on then and said, and this one unit, the governor of the state of Louisiana has asked for you to come back home and you're going to be trained with the state police for riot control. And it was my unit. And we went back home while all the other guys I went through AIT with, the basic training with, they went to Dom. And so I came home. So I'm, I'm still in the guard. It's a six year commitment. Okay. So I'm still in the guard. And, uh, there was a guy I went to high school with. We graduated together. I hadn't seen him since we got out of high school and he had become one of the, if the apostle Paul was the chiefest sinner of them all, Danny was number two. <laughs> this guy was wild. He was a heathen. He was perverted. I mean, he came in there every time we had a drill with some of the wildest, craziest stories you ever heard. And they just, they just, he was like a magnet. The guys would just gather up around him to listen to his perverted stories and these wild weekends he had. And I'd be sitting over in my bunk when we get off duty and Brother Copeland had sent me a set of E.W. Kenyon books and I took them with me and I'm sitting there reading those books. And Danny would come over to my bunk and start telling all these stories to see if it would tempt me to go out and drink with them and run around with them and all that they were going to do over the weekend. And I just wouldn't pay any attention to them. And I'd just, you know, say, I'll be praying for you guys. And that didn't sit well with them, you know. And so they finally left me alone. Well, Danny and I served in the guard for at least another couple of years. And he never got any better. He got worse. And one night, we're at Life Tabernacle and Pastor Nolan Logan asked us to all come up. They had uh, uh, kneeling benches in the church back then, you know, and, and he'd ask everybody to come up and kneel at the altar is what they call it and pray before we dismiss. So Karen and I are knelt down there praying, minding our own business. And somebody come up and tap me on the back of the shoulder. I turned around and it was Danny. I was shocked. 
I said, what are you doing here? He said, I can't get you out of my face. I can't get you out of my dreams. I can't get you out of my mind. I've been trying my best to get you to backslide and you wouldn't do it. I've been watching you like a hawk and you wouldn't compromise. You wouldn't quit. He said, I want what you got. And Danny got born again that night. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And Danny and I became Barnabas and Saul. And we won over 2,000 men in our units to the Lord Jesus. We were, we were, a, we were a revival team, praise God. They knew how, how perverted Danny had been, but now they saw a new Danny, praise God. Now, I didn't know it, but my life was an epistle that Danny was reading every day. Your life is being read right now. What are they seeing on the pages of your life? Are they seeing at one time, chapter 26, last year, when there was no coronavirus? Oh, he was strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But now chapter 36, in the middle of the coronavirus, what are they reading now? What are they seeing in you now? Folks, we're in another defining moment. And how you act and how you respond from this moment and particularly to the rest of this year is going to set the course for the rest of your life. You're either going to wind up turning back or you're going to go forward like you've never gone forward before. I choose to go forward. How about you? Hold up your hand and say, I choose to go forward. And give the Lord a good shout, praise God. All right, now, now listen to this. You're all aware of this, but most of the time when the disciples were facing difficult situations, they would hear Jesus say one of these phrases. He'd ask them this question. In every most difficult situation they faced, number one, where's your faith? Number two, how is it you have no faith? Number three, O ye of little faith. Number four, be not faithless. But occasionally he said, great is thy faith. Which one is he saying to you right now? Where's your faith? O ye of little faith. How is it you have no faith? Stop being faithless? Or is he nudging the father and saying, whoo, I'm marveling at that guy's faith. Look, look at him. They don't compromise. They don't quit. They don't change. They don't fold up. They still preaching the same thing they were preaching before all this happened. Woo, that's great faith. I want God marveling at my faith. How about you? Well, the Bible says he also marveled at unbelief. Yes, he did. I don't want him marveling at unbelief. I want him marveling at faith. This is another defining moment for each and every one of us. Now, go with me to James chapter 1. I'm about finished here. James chapter 1. And let's look at verses 2 and 3. You're all familiar with it. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, 
that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The Amplified says, when you're enveloped in or you encounter trials, count it all joy. How many of you have been counting it all joy ever since March? <laughs> One of the greatest, greatest messages I ever preached that's gone around the world. Uh, I, I printed it in a book back in 1981. It's been printed in I don't know how many languages. It's still my best-selling book after all these years, and I've written over 80 books. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Hallelujah. Count it all joy. That's where I learned this. Count it all joy. When? When you are experiencing tests and trials. Amen. That's unheard of in most Christians. They only count it joy or they only have joy when everything's going well, when everything's going good. Got money in the bank. Everybody's serving the Lord in their family. Got food on the table. But what do you do? See, a defining moment reveals your true character. How you respond right now will determine what direction your life will go. It can lead you on a path of failure or a path to your greatest victories. Today's special offer, the Defining Moment Package, contains Jerry Savelle's revealing three-part CD series, Win or Lose by Your Attitude, and his inspiring book, if Satan can't steal your dreams, he can't control your destiny. In this package, you will learn how to go beyond your previous breaking points, the tricks Satan uses to bring defeat, the tools winners use to succeed every time, and how to outlast difficult circumstances. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Defining Moments special package. How you respond right now will set the course for your life. Let this be your finest hour as you hold fast to your faith and see God's deliverance in your life. What a joy it's been sharing the word with you today. And once again, I really pray and trust that you listened very carefully and you have made a decision that you're not going to allow Satan to steal the word from you, no matter what your circumstances may be. This is your defining moment. I want to ask you the same question that we talked about in the message where Jesus asked his disciples in certain situations, particularly when things were not going too well, what did he ask them? Where's your faith? Where is your faith? Do you still have faith in God today? Do you still have faith in his word today? Are you totally committed to the word of God and are you determined that you are not going to give up? You're not going to quit no matter how bad it might get. And I pray that it doesn't get any worse. But if it does, make up your mind that quitting is not an option. This is your defining moment. Let the devil know that you trust God, that you are not going to budge. If anybody's going to give up, it's going to be Satan and not you. Don't forget our special offer. My little book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Dream, He Can't Control Your Destiny, and also three CDs on win or lose by your attitude. Powerful messages, and I trust that you'll place your order right away. Go to jerrysavelle.org, and all the information is there. Thank you once again for joining me today, and I pray 
that you will be more than the conqueror that God says you are, and you're the winner in life that God wants you to be. I'll see you again next week.